1212, I go by the name of DJ Wood, and you're now listening to the original Jeek Podcast. Let's go! an entrance so backward My name is Rockin' Mr. Magic, the original Jeek, and this is the original Jeek podcast. I am so glad that you are here with me today, but you are not alone with me today. I know the last couple episodes, I've been flying solo, reviewing She-Hulk episodes one and two. Before we review episode three, however, I've got a guest with me today, um, we had a great conversation offline, and I can't wait to continue it officially on the show. So I would like you all to welcome with me my guest, Dustin Poindexter. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show, Matt. I appreciate it. It's nice to be here. No, it is my pleasure. I am so glad that you uh, are with me today. Um, I, thir- I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and definitely want to do this again. Uh, but before we move forward... Uh, why don't you share how people can find you, your podcast, and et cetera on the internet? Okay. Uh, I, I'm a little bit reticent to tell people what my podcast is just because I haven't put up an episode in like three months. Uh, so my podcast is is Culture Jacked, though, if you want to find me. Uh, we're on, you know, the regular podcasters and the regular social medias and whatnot. Um, but mostly I'm excited to uh, talk to someone else about the MCU because on my podcast in the last few episodes that I've done, I also have been writing solo for like the last year, actually. So having a conversation with yourself, as you could probably testify to Matt is no easy situation. You don't, your brain doesn't get a chance to take a break. Your mouth doesn't get a chance to take a break. And you just got to go and go and go unless, you know, you want to do a lot of editing afterwards, which I don't particularly care for. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do. And I'm just excited to talk any, any time about video games, uh, comic book movies, uh, things of a, a nerdy geeky persuasion. Awesome. Well, that's a great tie into generally the first part of our show, um, which is called what are you PWC, which is playing, watching or creating. So offline, you asked me what games I play. So uh, For sure. I'll go I'll go first to, to answer your question. Um, so lately, I have been playing not as much as I usually do. Um, but what I generally have been playing is Destiny 2. That's that's my big game. OK, uh, I play most often. Uh, I dabble into some uh, MLB 19 because I don't feel like paying for the newer one. And <laughs> 19 was free with PlayStation Plus. It gives me my baseball fix. Sure, sure. Um, still, uh, I'm still jumping into WWE 2K22. And I am still playing through a very long uh, level grind in Final Fantasy 12. Uh, nice. That's one of the best Final Fantasies. I love that one. Is, uh, I, I'm trying to get all of my characters to level 99 before I really 
progress into the story just to see how overkill it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> just because I'm, I'm that, I'm that sick. So I've put like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm like a third into the game. Like it's, it's, it's bad. Uh, that's, got- that's how you should do it. I was, I was level 20 before I left Midgar in final fantasy seven back in 1998. Nice. So like, I, I know about that grind. It's, that's the way to do it, man. Yeah. So I have, um, I have the full com- party complement, and everybody is level 99 now, except for Fran. And okay. she's like 70 something right now. So um, I've got the the embroidered tippet uh, accessory that doubles the XP on her right now, and I'm just trying to grind out um, in the Thessarian uh, caves to get a lot of uh, high XP kills. And once I finally do that, I'm gonna progress in the story and just pre- pretty much just go OP on on everything. Just cruise, yeah. yeah I'm, just, I'm just gonna because see when I first played twelve on the PS2. Um, I was playing through the story and then I was really getting into the hunts and I found some of these hunts were like super hard and I'm like, I am not strong enough to take out some of these monsters. Like, this is crazy. So I started level grinding on, on that and I got Vaughn, Balthier and Bosch really high. And then as I was progressing through the story, I got the sea pirate, uh, the sky pirate Redis as a guest and so I was like, hold on, the guest goes wherever I want him to go. I've got three guys in 99. Oh, 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 let, let, let's do this hunt and see if the guest will come with me. And then he did. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to cast decoy on him. I'm casting bubble on the other three and let the let the monster take out Redis. And we just go and go ham on this monster. So that's how I started doing hunts. And I was like, oh, OK. So when I got the Zodiac Age version on the PS4, I'm like, that's how I'm going to do this. I'm just going to grind and grind and grind and get everybody leveled up. And when I had Larsa, I was like, okay, all the bad guys decoy focus on Larsa so we can get our kills and, and, uh, and, and we get our XP. So you like final fantasy, uh, 12, uh, I'm a, you... I'm a, I like final fantasy period. I, I, period? Own every, okay. I own every numbered final fantasy game. Uh, so that's final fantasy one, um, for, you know, NES I've got, I've got them all. And I have them twice, so I have the PS uh, PSP versions uh, as well. So I I I want a, a a true marker of the kind of man that you are, Matt. And okay, the uh, the biggest question that is, you know, I may have to I may have to end my guest appearance here immediately, uh, depending on your answer. Um, okay, what is your opinion of Final Fantasy Tactics? The War of the Lions. The War of the Lions. I absolutely love it. Okay, all right, okay. We can I keep going. We can keep going I with absolutely this. Absolutely. It's so good. It's my favorite. It's, it's my so favorite good. one. It, no, it's in my top five. Okay. Uh, okay. What's, what's number one for you? Is it 12? That's a tough one. Wow. <laughs> you said top five. You brought the list out. I did. I you could have just I said did. this is it was fine. It was good and then moved on. I, but you you labeled I put, it. I put myself into that. So <laughs> oh man. Um I, I'm not. This is not any particular order I, because I love Final Fantasy so much. Um, so twelve is in my top five. Tactics War the Lines is in my top five, and these are not just like what I consider the best. But these are just my favorites to play. Sure, 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 so, sure. Yeah. So twelve, 
tactics. One. Okay. Um, six, but the SNES version, so the label says Final Fantasy 3, but it's really Final Fantasy 6. Right. Um, and then number five is probably a surprise, but Crystal Chronicles. Crystal Chronicles, huh? Okay, I, I never I read I Crystal enjoy, Chronicles. I enjoy the heck out of Crystal Chronicles, and I just rebought it on, you know, digitally rebought it for on the PS4 because I, I have the GameCube version. Uh, but to, uh, to to preserve my disc, I I bought it again, um, and it's remastered. I, I I just I enjoy the heck out of Crystal Chronicles. I I love it. Final Fantasy's got such cool lore, man, with like the crystals and stuff, and Sid showing up every time. Like it's I, I don't know, it's it's great. I don't have I, as I, much time as I used to to play the Final Fantasy games. Same but here. They're they're uh, they got that that real deep seated nostalgia rose right in the back of my brain, you know. So. Absolutely, like I'm, I'm one of the few people that like all the Final Fantasy movies, in, including Spirits Within. I I love Spirits Within. I it, just well, it was revolutionary. It. it was it's great. It's yeah. beautiful to this day. Mm-hmm. It's and it came out in 2001. 21 years later, it's still a gorgeous movie. Yep. Yeah. It it probably shouldn't have been named Final Fantasy because there was nothing <laughs> Final Fantasy really about it. But it's but it's still. A, and I tell that people people are like, oh, I hate this movie. I said, no, what you hate is that it's named Final Fantasy. Because if you True. watch this movie and under any different name, you think this movie's great. But because it said Final Fantasy, you expected swords and you expected you know magic and you expected mages and your expectations were different from this film. But now I, I love it. I, I love the um, Final Fantasy 15 Kingsglaive movie. Um, I love, you know, um, obviously the Final Fantasy 7 um <clears throat> remake uh, uh no well no the the movie um advent children advent children i love Advent yep, yep, children. Yep. it's absolutely you know and i'm a big sephiroth fan like that's my guy uh like yeah i i i'm, I'm a huge final fantasy nerd I, I love it i listen my most listened to album in 2020 was uh the final fantasy one of the final fantasy albums i think it was one of the concert ones that was my most listened to for the for the year you know i'm driving around in, in a yellow lexus with a with a with a you know with a, with a sub in the back, and you know you might open my car door and 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 you hear you know uh, you hear an opera from Final Fantasy. I'm a 400 pound black man in a, in a you know in, in a drop Lexus with a system, and you're hearing you know opera music. Exactly. Excuse me, sir. I step out the car. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's it's bad. It's 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 really bad. And I've I've pretty much enjoyed, if not, I can't say love, but I've enjoyed virtually every Final Fantasy I've played. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big Final Fantasy. So, what what have you been playing um, lately? Uh shoot! I just I just beat uh, Little Nightmares Two. It's a little okay. uh, isometric horror game. Um, uh, I I love the first one. I I just beat the second one. I also just beat Midnight Fight Express, which is it's a game by the, the the same folks that did um, my friend my friend Pedro. He was like okay. a a side scrolling gun guy, and this this one's a lot of fighting in it. And then I just picked it up again. Is Fallout Four? I'm a big fan of the Fallout franchise. Okay. And when Fallout Four came out, I was a little disappointed coming off the heels of uh, New Vegas. Three? 
Oh, New Vegas. Okay. Because you know, if you if you played New Vegas, like the role playing was very very strong in New Vegas. You could be anyone. You could be a, an NCR soldier. You could be a legion uh, legionnaire. Um, and then Fallout Four was very like railroady. And yes. one of my favorite things about New Vegas is you could you could end up killing sometimes on accident like mm. important characters for quests. Mm. And so on the side of your screen, it was just be like, this quest failed, this quest failed, this quest failed when you accidentally, accidentally you know, murdered the wrong person. Yeah. In Fallout 4, you can't accidentally murder the wrong person. They mm. just take a knee, and then when the fight's over, they get up and they're like, hey, actually, I got something for you to do, you know? And so, uh, um, okay. but I picked it up again because I don't think I gave it the chance that I needed to. Mm-hmm. And I'm really enjoying like the base building aspect of it because you can build bases in Fallout 4. So, yeah. Those are the ones I'm I'm playing and I'm watching. I heard you say you were watching She-Hulk. What do you think of She-Hulk so far? I, I, I guess I could go listen to your episodes, but that's not for right now. Yeah, so right now, I am thoroughly enjoying She-Hulk. Same. Uh, I I have I have beef with the internet people who do not like <laughs> no, here, the internet like, people. Well, yeah, because you know, a bunch of people. This and this is part of partially my age, because you know I, I get very old man grumpy. Get off my lawn for certain <laughs> things because no, like because I, in in my my co-host, if he was here, he would be like he would be echoing this right now. He'd be like, yeah, Matt Matt is one of those like don't mess with my origin story. You know, know the source material. I'm very I'm very curmudgeonly in that aspect. Okay, um, okay. I'm trying to get better at it, but I'm very curmudgeonly. <laughs> In that aspect so i hate it when people want to have a negative critique, negative critique about something that they don't understand right and you have a lot of these casual people who are the only marvel exposure they have is the mcu so because she hulk is not as family friendly as a um, as some of the previous mcu content was they're all up in arms and to that i'm like never pick up a She-Hulk comic. If this is too right. much for you, do not read She-Hulk because she is a whole thought. She stay naked. <laughs> um, she stay cussing people out. She stay knocking people out. Like, like, do not read a She-Hulk comic. If this is too, if, right. if She-Hulk and Meg the Stallion twerking in a post in a mid credits. Spoiler yeah. alert for She-Hulk. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> hey, it's we're on. We're about. I know. To I know. Five. I know. That, I know. That, I know. Episode five coming up. <laughs> yes. Um. I. You know. You are, I did not give a spoiler warning, y'all. And I. This is before episode three. But here's a preview for my uh, episode three review. I love the post-credit scene. It's funny. It's her and Meg the Stallion twerking. It's funny. It's very very She-Hulk. She-Hulk mm-hmm. would be. Twerk, especially because this run is very reminiscent um, of the 2004 comic run. Especially, oh, so you're you're very knowledgeable about this comic. I I, 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 yeah, I have yeah, a I, cursory I to, knowledge, but yeah, no, I try to be. Um, and I, I mean, episode my episode two recap review, I speak on how the situation is flipped in the show because in the comics, um, GLK and H want Jen Walters to be Jen Walters. They don't want her to practice law as She-Hulk, where in the show they want her to practice law as She-Hulk and not as Jen Walters. Right. So, you know, there's there's a lot of flipping there. Um, 
but a lot of the story is still very similar. But for, of that 2004 run, if Meg Thee Stallion was a thing then, they would have had some panels of her twerking with Meg Thee Stallion in 2004. She'd be in it. Uh, yeah, she'd be a- absolutely. Like, this is, like, She-Hulk, half of She-Hulk, I mean, I think the, the first issue after she, like, they show her graduating from school, the, f- the next panel after that is her in bed with some underwear model. Um, you know, <laughs> like, like, get it, Jen, get it. Yeah. Like this is, this is Jennifer Walters. We're talking about <laughs> like, you clearly don't know this character. So, and also Disney now owns, you know, they own the world, but they own, you know, the, the Fox, you know, movies. And so, you know, they've got Deadpool and, and Disney plus, and this is just another bridge to Deadpool type content to that more adult level content that they're going to be producing, whether people like it or not. This is not going to be this new Avengers is not going to be, you know, yesterday's Avengers. It's, it's not. And it's it shouldn't be. To, yeah. And it shouldn't be, it should be different. Yeah. It's going to be a bit more raw. It's going to be a bit more adult. I, now as a, per, as a, as a, a father, would I, do I wish I could you know, wish, watch some more of this stuff more with my kids without having to explain things? Sure. It makes it easier on as right. a parent, you know, but I can't expect everything to be kid friendly because if I want to hand my kid a comic book, it's not going to be kid, especially a She-Hulk book. Yeah. It's, not, it's less kid friendly than the show. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, like it's like, come on people. Like in, in the part of the problem is people assume comic books are, Archie comics right? or 1930s Superman comics like that. There's that there's no language. There's, there's no, um, there's, there's, there's nothing shocking. There's no real life in it. Comic books, especially Marvel are full of politics, racism, sexism, classism, um, crime, like real life stuff that, that you need to talk about. You need to deal with, you need to confront. And it's, it's not, Archie and the gang going to the soda shop. <laughs> and I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, and, and I and I love Archie. I'm not knocking Archie. If there's any Archie fans getting upset, I, I love Archie. <laughs> you but, got J- Jughead stands out here like, well, right, we're going to take like, this. Hey, I love my hamburgers. Right? Like, no, I, I love Jughead and his burgers, bro. Um, I have I have issues of Jughead time police, like I which are rare. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Archie, but, you know, real life is not Archie. And... You know, if anybody watched, you know, uh, Riverbend, River, uh, Riverside, that show, that's that goes completely off the rails of Archie. Yeah, show. I I didn't watch that. I was I was a big Archie comic book fan. Like I had a, a dresser drawer like full of Archie comics when I was Me younger. Too. Um, the thing about the comic books, and I'm 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 trying to just start putting this thought together, is uh the movies and the shows are very similar now in the way that comic books are that uh, they're not just interconnected. They're, they're different, different things and they're exploring different aspects of the universe. And so Mm -hmm. like to expect them all to be very tonally, the exact same is a fool's errand. It's, it's, it's absolute nonsense and garbage. Uh, You should have, a silly goofy thing and you should have these these random name drops and random character introductions we don't need an origin story for anything anymore like we could just be like oh yeah this is this guy he's been in this city doing this thing here he is and all these comics 
you know, mixed together in a way that's maybe more amorphous. People have become too married to the idea that all of this is interconnected very rigidly and it's very, I mean, all the characters are so different tonally, but oh, absolutely. never mind actors and directors and all that nonsense too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm, I'm very much enjoying She-Hulk as well. It, 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 as much flack and hate as phase four gets, I think it's been fantastic because, you know, WandaVision to me was amazing. Um, not only for the retro production, because most of those shows I absolutely adored, like Dick Van Dyke show. And like, I, I, I love the homage they paid to those classic TV shows. But That's so good. But the the process of, of, of grief and and lashing out because of your grief and then the responsibility you have to fix what you did because of your grief and going through that. Um you know the you know visions um his battle of with self-actualization and and reality and what is real and and who he who he is and or who he, he is not. Um and the ship of thesis? Are you oh, it was like, so good. It was, was like, so uh, good. Fantastic writing. Um, <laughs> we, Falcon Winter Soldier. No one expected that to be a show about racism and classism. No one, no one saw that coming. We thought we were going to get like a, a, a buddy cop show, and these two guys were going to go around kicking butt, and it was just going to be fun. No, we got a show about racism and classism and, and guilt, you know, and dealing with one's past. Uh, you know, she's so, I'm so excited not to derail you too much. I'm so excited about mm-hmm. um, just the way that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was done because at the end of uh, Endgame, spoilers for Endgame, I guess. Uh, Shouldn't be, but yeah, he, I guess. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, he, he passed the shield off to Sam, right? right? And so you know going into Captain America 4 that Sam now has the shield. You know, you don't need to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but if you want a lot of extra information, a little little more meat to your your personal lore that you carry about the MCU, you watch that. Then you go into Captain America 4 with like a bigger understanding of what that shield means, what he went through to get it, all the all the hardships, you know, what representation means in in the superhero game. Like it's it's so cool that. You know, and and maybe not all the shows are going to be like that. Like, I feel like you need to watch Loki to kind of understand what's going on with the multiverse shit. But right, they're just like they're bonus content. When Miss Marvel shows up in one of the movies, if you didn't watch Miss Marvel, well, you know that's a bummer because it was pretty funny. It's really uh, fun, yeah. But if you didn't, it's just another character, and you it just you get to choose the amount of investment that you want in these series in this Absolutely. in this universe it's so cool i love it i love it no it's it's extremely cool i, I think it, i think it's fantastic so uh, yeah so i've been watching she hulk and i love it and i love what phase four is doing so uh, obviously i watched all of i've watched every you know every disney plus marvel show um i am watching house of the dragon okay i haven't started it how is it it's <laughs> there's so much going on like <coughs> I, 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 there's only one, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to give any spoilers here. Uh, it's good. It's very, it's good. And it's good because very reminiscent of season one of Game of Thrones in that you can tell that everybody involved cares about this okay. story. Awesome. So, good. and I, I've, I've always said that the season seven and eight suffered because um, Benahoff and 
the other one, um, they just they didn't care. They didn't want to be doing the show anymore. So you could tell they didn't mm. care as much. You can tell the showrunners right now really care about telling this story properly. So, so far, it's been very good. My only struggle right now with it is just watching Matt Smith because I look at Matt Smith and I see the doctor. And I just I look at him and I see I see the doctor. I see Doctor Who. I expect him to whip out a sonic screwdriver. Like I'm, Oh, so the actor that plays him is so, so, also so, yeah, Doctor so the Who? actor that plays Damon, Damon Targaryen. Okay. Was the uh, was the eleventh Doctor in Doctor Who, so I look at him and I just I see the Doctor, and I hear him talk and I I, <laughs> I see the Doctor and it's like I got to break my mind of from that, um, and then, you know and and that's and that's just a curse that a lot of Doctor Who people that portray the Doctor have is that everywhere they go after being the Doctor people just they just they're typecast they look at them and they just see the Doctor they don't see the next character. Um, Did you have I, a problem I, with Tenet and Jessica Jones for the same reason? He, Wasn't I he the would, doctor? Yes, he was. He was the <laughs> okay. test doctor. Yes. So I would have, except for he did Broadchurch in between Jessica Jones oh, okay. and the doctor and being in Doctor Who. Uh, so that helped me bridge. But when I was watching Broadchurch, um, I was like, it's the doctor. And especially because they had people in Broadchurch, multiple people who either were in like the the vic, the guy that played the vicar in the show, he was in uh, was the Matt Smith Doctor. He was in Doctor Who. He was a, a primary character. And then they had a bunch of people in the show who were guest stars from Doctor Who. So I'm watching a bunch of Doctor Who characters in in Broadchurch. So that was really hard to gotcha. And then and then the current Doctor, Jodie Whittaker was the mom of the kid who got kidnapped and murdered. So there's so much Doctor Who in that show. But by the time Jessica Jones rolled around, I was used to seeing Tenet outside gotcha. of Doctor Who so I could take him as Purple Man, and he was fantastic as Purple that Man. Was, yeah, that was really good. I, I, I haven't watched any Doctor Who. I'm a, I'm a complete Doctor Who, you know, virgin. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did love Kilgrave in that um, – I think his name was Kilgrave yeah. in Jessica Kilgrave. Jones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ah, so good, so creepy, so like. Tennant's a fantastic actor. He's, he's yeah, such it was a really good guy. Yeah, um, if you know, if you like sci-fi, I always encourage people to watch Doctor Who. Um, so if it's, if, it's, it's, if it's not everybody's com- cup of tea, if you had a complete newbie like myself, where would you start me in Doctor Who from the very oh, beginning? Because that's like what that's that's, that's like fifty years. years? Like that's a long years. time, man. Well, here's the thing, though. When people ask me that question and they say it's a long time, I said that's true. But that's the same question whether you're talking about Star Trek, and I'm a huge Trekkie, um, and you know, and we're talking forty plus years when you're talking Star Wars. So, true. Like, you know, it's not alone in that it's got such a long and deep lore. Ah, man. And then I if never, you consume it all, like books and everything, then that's yeah, like even yeah, more. Books, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, audio specials and stuff. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot. If I had, okay, I'm not going to give you, okay, I'll give you two, two places. <laughs> two entry two, points. Two entry points. All right. Because, because, okay, so one, no one really recommends starting with classic who because, you know, the, you know, obviously the production quality stories, you know, are, are much different just from the, you know, the 1960s and 70s and such um, and 80s. So no one really recommends starting there. I recommend starting 
where this where the show restarted in 2005 with uh, Christopher Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor. That's where I recommend starting. Starting from there because that takes you from that season to where we currently are with okay. the Thirteenth Doctor in, in series thirteen. If I had to give you one episode to watch to to feel out if you like Doctor Who. Okay, is this we, outside that time frame? So no, so this is in this is gonna be series three. Okay. Um the I forget the episode number, but the episode title is called Blink. And this is what most people represent rep- recommend anybody getting to their first foray of Doctor Who to watch. I don't personally generally make this recommendation because then you have to go backwards to the ninth doctor because this is the 10th doctor episode. So season five, doctor who going forward. Season nine, season nine, yeah, series nine, or they'll call it. If you, if you have HBO max, it's going to say as series one um, from 2005. And then uh, season, season three, what was the name of that? What was the name of that episode? So the, the name of the, uh, the name of the episode is Blink. It's uh, season three, episode ten. Okay, season three, episode ten. Yeah, and and those are on HBO Max. You said. Yeah, all all, all I was just watching yesterday. I, um, I, I was I watching season one that. yesterday. HBO Max. What's going on at HBO Max anyway? Those guys are doing some crazy stuff right now, aren't they? Yeah, and they're taking mm. so much stuff mm. off in the whole mix with Discovery, which I don't care about anything on Discovery Plus. Um, I know me neither. I don't want any of that content. I don't want any of that content. My wife loves Discovery Plus. She'd be watching all those ghost shows and stuff. That's not my cup of tea. Uh, gross. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's not my cup of tea. She'll be watching, you know, those uh, um, Love It or Listed and, you know, Rebuild This, Rebuild That, um, mm-hmm. which I can watch every once in a while. But after that, I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so why why would a person... No, and no, no dig against your wife. She likes Street Fighter after all. Why would a person choose to watch regular people doing regular things when we have all of this media now of supernatural be- beings that can fly and read people's minds and and transmogrify into into other people and stuff like there's actual art and imagination that go into things like Doctor Who and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you're going to watch people take stuff out of a storage closet come on come on she likes no. Street Fighter though, so I'll, okay. I'll so, spare so, her this so, time. So playing devil's advocate. Oh no! Um, playing devil's advocate. <laughs> he doesn't need one. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, there are certain common reality shows that I would be like. Okay, you mentioned Storage Wars. Sure, sure, sure. The first few seasons of Storage Wars, I was I was all into it. <laughs> I was. We, we were watching that. She and I were watching that together. You know, we were going, yep, with, with Annoying Dave. Like, we were into Storage Wars. Um, when it got repetitive and you could tell, like, things were getting planted in these storage lockers. Because I had met people who would go to storage auctions. Like, my, my mother used to um, rent a storage locker out because uh, she was a pharmaceutical rep. And okay. we would get boxes and boxes um, sent to the house. And it just became too much for her to store all this Advil and diamond tap and Robitussin and stuff in the garage. So she had a storage. Sorry, that's a funny image. <laughs> it, 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 no, trust me. I'm talking massive boxes um, full of display. 
boxes that had, you know, a, a two pack, like 42 packs of Cody signs, 42 packs of Advil, 42 packs of this and that. So in small bottles of diamond tap, small bottles of Robitussin. And they were just, there were so many of them that we would keep some in the garage, but most of them we, she needed to keep in the storage unit. So um, I had known about storage unit auctions because they were not a big thing, really. You know, five, six people would be at them. But when storage wars became a thing and people were, re- you know, people discovered that people were making money by buying these leftover things and going to swap meets and going to stuff and making money off of. And, and like the guy, Darren, like, that's a true story. The dude found a massive comic book collection that had rare comics in it and it made him a millionaire. Like that was a real, that's a true story. It happened. Is this the golden, is this the golden vault that I've heard of? Is that, that's the one. Okay. That's, that's the one because it had golden age comics in it. And the, and dude was just, he got lucky and storage auctions are about luck, but the show, like, you know, in every episode, they, you know, everyone's pretty much, you know, hitting big and they're finding some rare item, you know, that's worth X amount of dollars or whatever. It's like, okay, you know, this, you're obviously planting things in this for, for right. The, for the yeah. Show yeah. To yeah. Continue. Because the luck that you hit in that most of the time, you're lucky if you break even when you buy a storage locker. So, uh, when it comes to reality shows like that, just real quick, uh, living in Alaska, we have a bunch of reality shows based off of Alaska. You know, there's the crab yeah. boat fishermen, and then there's the the snow uh, people, uh, or what? The, the, yeah, the the, uh, the driving through Alaska the ice. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. exactly. So uh, one of the one of the kids that I went to to school with, his family had a show, and yeah, they they live on a homestead, you know, and they're they're out there, and uh, I can't remember the name of the show. Um, but it's, it's Jules younger brother. Uh, so, uh, they, you know, they had their show and they, they shake the camera a lot and they go, we don't, if we don't get this kill, if we don't bring in this harvest, we're not going to make it through the winter sort of thing. And, um, my, my uncle actually confronted the, one of the guys at the store. He's like, what is this show? This is nonsense. And he's like, I know, but they make us, you know, play it up for for whatever. So. But yeah, those they're, I mean, they're not they're not my cup of tea. No, they're they're I mean, most of them are not mine either. Um, but the the select few that will, every once in a while will suck me in for for a time, um, because there's some there is some reality based into it. It's unfortunately mm-hmm. just not all the way, you know, accurate a lot of times. You know, um, and you know the house shows get me too because my mother was in real estate uh, when I was younger, so. You know, when people buy these houses and flip them and whatever, it's like, you know, uh, I, you know, I get the appeal, but then after a while, right. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good. But the ghost I'm shows, go like, watch I, you know, fly. Yeah, the, the, the ghost shows, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't play with the devil like that. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> you're not going to invite that evil into you, huh? No, not going, not going to be able to do it. <laughs> not, not my Steve, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a horror guy. I'm not, you know, uh, it's just, it's just not, that's not how I get, to, not how I get down. I'm, I'm very scared a lot of the time as well when it comes to those movies. I'm like, uh, I don't want to, yeah, no, no, I don't yeah. want to stay up and pee the bed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, we are going to transition here into, uh, almost to our main topic, but it, which is Thor love and thunder. Uh, but before we get there, um, but Thor, but yes, before we get there, 
Dusty shared with me offline that he used to be a big fan of Olympics gymnastics. I was when I was in probably the sixth or seventh grade. Uh, so, you know, rewind to the, like 96, 97. Okay. Uh, both of the Dominiques had my heart. Dominique Dawes and Dominique Mosciano had your They heart. did. They did. I was, I was crushing over those two young ladies so hard when I was young. And, you know, my, my parents were both gymnasts, not on the Olympic level, you know, wow. mind you, but they did like state level gymna- gymnastic athletics and stuff. So they, you know, Im, Im, imbued, I guess they, they, they heavily influenced our, our life. And so we always had a trampoline in the front yard and, you know, we knew how to tumble and we knew how to flip and stuff. And, and so, yeah, I, I really, you know, beyond just my schoolboy crush, uh, of these now, two young ladies, now the, the uh, Dominiques, and I, I can say this now because I was also a teenager at that time, so it's not creepy. Um, <laughs> the Dominiques were both very fine, you know. Uh, yeah, my fourteen-year-old self in nineteen ninety-six. Exactly, uh, exactly. And Dominique Dawes is still gorgeous. Uh, she's a, she's a beautiful woman. I haven't seen any recents of them, but I can I I can guess you know they're gymnasts. They're gonna stay in good health probably for a long time. I haven't time. seen any pictures of Mosciano in a long time, but Dawes was actually in my area uh, a few years ago, so I saw pictures of her recently, and uh, yeah, she she looks fantastic. She's in I just shape. I think the you know it's 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 pure unadulterated athleticism, and there's a lot of a lot of stigma and a lot of scandal that goes on around. Uh, especially female gymnastics. Um, it's, it's it's horrible. As it is. So, so here's here. So here's something that's 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 funny because you you know child of gymnast. Um, you remember Kristen Maloney? The name sounds familiar. I'm not so not. She was, picking she was on, up on Team it. USA. Um, okay. She was actually from this general area. She was from Penarjo, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, she trained at the Parkettes, which is a. A, you know, a, a nationally known uh, gymnastic school, which is here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, my little sister actually trained at the Parkettes at the same time that Kristen Maloney was training there. Oh, wow. And Chris Maloney ended up making the, uh, the Olympic team and not performing well, unfortunately, but she did make the <laughs> Olympic team. You know, she was one, she was one of the best, the best, unfortunately, you know, didn't, didn't perform that well, but not a lot of know, us can you, say we made the Olympic team though. Exactly. That's pretty dang you know, cool. It, like you know, she made the Olympic team. She was an Olympian. Um, but I, I never realized cause you know, watch, cause I mean, because my sister was in it, I, I mean, I watched the Shannon Millers, you know, the, the Dominique Dawes is the Kim Zemeskels, you know, um, the Dominique Moshianos and, they looked, they looked like regular women. Obviously, it's outside the muscle definition on TV. But going to the parkettes and watching my sister train, I didn't realize how tiny gymnasts are. And I'm like, wow, like they are. Small. They're very, very compact characters. Very for sure. compact people. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness, like. And again, I was a basketball player, but I was like, I felt like a literal giant amongst. And then, and then they 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 used to have this dance every year, and I had to go. And I'm seeing all these gymnasts, all these petite, you know, not stocky, but petite, stout women, teenage mm-hmm. women, and they've got arms, and they're just like jacked. And I'm like, because they've all got like you know strapless dresses or whatever, and then all you see is this shoulders of you know these jacked shoulders and these jacked arms, and it's like. 
Yeah, the, uh, the like you look. Yeah, look at their arms and like the vascularity in their arms, and you're like, my God. God yeah, the strength that it takes though is is incredible. It's and uh, I, 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 the floor routine was one of my favorite, but I also liked the the bar, just not the uneven not the bars. Une, not the uneven bars. Um, it's just oh, the, the balance, the, 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 the balance, balance beam. beam, balance beam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just I I don't know what it was about that. It was like. Because the the tumbling routines, all choreographed, set to music, were all fast paced. There was all these big, huge flips and stuff, and then the balance beam just slowed it way down. And yes. I I don't know, there was something about the balance. No, the beam balance beam is like, crazy tough. It's neat. Yeah, it's no, I'm I you know I to be able to stand on it is hard. Did enough. you just stand on it? Yeah, because like because like we had so we had a balance beam in the basement for my sister to practice on, and it was you know barely it wasn't really like above the ground like it was just simulated the balance beam so it's pretty much on the ground and it's different it's hard for me because i i wear a size 18 shoe so for me to stand on the balance beam is extremely difficult so me (laughs) trying to stand on this thing i'm like i don't know how anybody stands up and this thing doesn't fall off immediately like this is crazy so no the what gymnasts are able to accomplish is amazing i have the greatest respect for them so i have a question for you because of your gymnastics background Oh, okay. I want you. And this is <laughs> I got space time. here. You want me to? You want me to tumble? Is <laughs> no, that what you want? <laughs> no, no, no. No, you only have to use your mind for this one. Okay, so good, good. We are we are going to because here in the original Geek Podcast, we again we combine the sports world and the geek world. So, I want you to build me a gymnastics team out of the MCU. A It'll gymnastics a, team. Film, so I need you to give me which female in the MCU that you would put on the balance beam, the uneven bars, the vault, and the floor exercise. Oh shoot! Okay, so uh, first off, we're we're gonna we're gonna start with a coach. We're gonna have. Uh, oh, before you go, so um, so the, each each of those four plus who wins the all around. Who wins the all around? Okay, well, okay, I'll save the all around for last. I know who wins it automatically. Um, okay. So oh, Natasha, no. Natasha Romanoff is the coach, and coach coach co host co assistant coach is going to be um, her successor, uh, played by Florence Pugh. What's her name? Uh, Belen- oh, Yelena. Yelena Belova. Yeah. Yes. So those are those are your coaches right there. Then on the balance beam, let's see who are you going to have on the balance beam. I think you could put a Miss Marvel on the balance beam. I think uh, she'd get those big, big arms out there. Get them. Okay. Hey, would you knock it off, you crazy mutt? Um, so we'll get her on the balance beam. And then you, the vault was the other one that you said? Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so the, the balance beam we got. I need the vault, the uneven bars, and the floor exercise. And then uh, all around. So are we, are, are we uh, supposing that Shuri is going to be taking the place of uh, T'Challa in the next Black Panther? Is that, that's, is that, my, that's my supposition. Is that the assumption? That that's we're, okay. my assumption. I mean, it happened in the book, so why not in the movie? So we're going to put Shuri on the vault. Uh, okay. I, I think, um, but in the suit, because I don't know if her athleticism, you know, without the suit is like enough. Is enough. To. To compensate for, because she's like real tech minded, right? Yeah. Uh, so she's on the vault. Miss Marvel on the balance beam. What other ones did you say? You said uneven the, bars and the, the uneven exercise. bars. So 
the uneven bars uh, is going to be this little gender swapping here. We're going to put Peter Parker, uh, Spider Man. We're going to throw okay. him on the unevens. Just, I mean, I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious why we do that. Let's yeah, see who's sense. got, who's got a flair for the. I mean, we could go Captain Marvel, but she's she's not like wonderfully yeah. agile. I think I think who we'll put on the floor routine is. Uh, We'll put Gamora on the floor routine because she's she's learning to dance with Quill. She's kind of figuring out rhythm. Uh, yeah, she's an alien, but she I think I think she could do well on the floor routine. And then, unfortunately, the only fellow that I picked is going to win it overall, just because I think he's <laughs> I think Spider-Man is the most nimble. He's the the um, although I, I don't know if he's got quite the rhythm for. Never mind. I take that back. He does because when he swings, he's very rhythmic yeah, in he's his got that rhythm in his swing. swings. So I think yeah. I think Spider Man takes the all around and and stands atop the the podium. Okay, all right. I can dig that. I can dig that team. Okay. Yeah. And I, 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 I would I, love. To... I, I thought you were going to have Natasha be on the team. Like I was kind of surprised you went to have no, her as the coach. You see, you see, and and I was going to I was going to put her on the beam, but then I thought. You know what? Natasha is a spy. She works in the shadows. She's more covert than the rest. So she is just going to she's going to stand at the back and she's going to give her best uh, to the to the uh, competitors uh, there, I think. I think. And then it'd be fun to watch her kind of berate uh, a young, uh, you know, very (laughs) blushable Peter Parker and, you know, just tease him or whatever she's gonna yeah, what do you to what him. are you yeah. doing yeah yeah, yeah okay, i think, would, that, I think would be, that would be fun okay yeah i think that's my my olympic mcu team um you know i'd i'd like to get uh maybe throw steve rogers on some deadlift you know some some olympic powerlifting yeah, I, 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 or I, I something could, if we were did a men's team i would steve would definitely do the high bar like that would be Okay. That would be his thing. Okay. I could definitely see Steve doing the high bar, that or doing the rings, because he would just be like really f- flexing and really just, you know, showing off doing the rings. Where would you put the Hulk? Where would you put uh, Banner in Hulk uh, form? And we're talking Professor Hulk here, not um, Rain. I would put Professor oh, Hulk. I would put Professor Hulk okay. on the on the pommel horse. <laughs> okay. 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 I think that would look pretty cool. <laughs> it would look pretty cool. Think, where, where would you put uh, the original Hulk? I think he's so destructive. Like I can't see him. He's so, you think he'd do sumo? You think he could? Uh, if I was going to put him in any Olympic sport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just we'll just go out of gymnastics now. Yeah. If I, I mean, if I was putting him in any Olympic sport, then it, it would probably be, be sumo. Like I can't. Yeah. Like there's no one stopping him. In, in it ha- yeah, it have to be. He just be. you get let him run around the ring too. You you wouldn't put him in like a, a winter Olympic triathlon or something or like a what's the one with the the shooting? <laughs> you do that? Oh, the, yeah. that'd be Winter Soldier or Rocket. That would be yeah. That would that would yeah. probably be better Winter Soldier because I don't think Rocket you know he, the, the skiing part. Um, oh right, he's got little legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. a little legs, but. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to go just for the comedic value, then I would put Hulk in speed skating because that's just not. Gonna <laughs> what about figure skating, huh? <laughs> just put he him would in all surprise the everybody with the grace, but the speed skating <laughs> would just drive him nuts. He would he would be like he would be like Dan Jansen and just like be ahead and then just fall and lose and like Hulk yeah he'd be back. he'd be he'd be on his side around the around the corners easy. That or I would put Hulk on like the curling team, like with like. Like the thing, I would like all these strong guys on the curling team, 
So they're just sitting there sweeping. Um, they're trying to guide these boulders down the ice. That would that would be fun. Um, speaking of the thing, you you saw D twenty three. Matt Shackman, director of WandaVision, was cast as director for Fantastic Four, right? Yes. Isn't that awesome? It's it's exciting. I just I'm excited about it. I, I was just, excited I about John need, Watts, but uh, I just need a good cast. And I need a good story. That's all I need. Did you you see the one the the doctored one online that had Seth Rogen as the thing? Oh my God. I'm I did not, and I'm glad I did not. Uh, I, this 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 fan Fantastic Four needs to be a home run. There have been so many tragic fails. We need a home run with Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Have it. But um, because we are pressed for time for you here. We're going to switch gears now, and we're going to talk Thor, Love, and Thunder. So yes. before we get into it, give me your rating of this movie out of six. Out of six? Okay, that's a that's an interesting scale. Six, um, I'd say I'd put it, it's between a four and a five for me. Like, okay. it's, it's, at the, it's at the upper, upper end. And I've got a real problem with the MCU movies in that the rewatchability of them is so small for me. Like mm. I, I, I love watching them the first time, even the second time. I love, I love taking them in and catching all the small details, but I just, I, the rewatch value. And I think this one definitely falls into that where I have a, I'm going to have a hard time going back to it and just rewatching it for, for fun, you know? For fun. Um, but I think, you know, between four and five, uh, it it was it was good. The characters were fun. Um, more of that stuff from Thor Ragnarok carried over. There were some things that didn't really hit for me, mm-hmm. but I think I think it's a it's a top ten Marvel. I think it could be top ten, top fifteen, easy. Okay, so you're going four and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about you? What do you What do you think? I I give it. I. It's tough. Um, and I explain why it's tough. Because I enjoyed it. I had fun. Mm-hmm. But I know part of the reason why is because the other Phase 4 films have not been, were not as good as the Phase 3 or Phase 2 films or Phase 1 films. Definitely so, less cohesive. And you know, low on the cohesiveness and also just, you know, we're talking about Phase Four films being Shang Chi, which was which was good, um, but we're talking Multiverse of Madness. We're talking Eternals, which was not good. Um, and so we're we're where before pretty much every movie, if it, you know, it didn't have every movie wasn't a home run, but it was at least a B, or right. it, you know, you know, except for Dark World, every film pretty much was at least a B, you know, right, so, right, right. When you've got, you know, when you've got it, when you've got like a, a C, you know, a D and a C minus and some stuff sprinkled in there, it's, it's easier to enjoy what's not an A and you'll kind of rank it higher than you would against some other ones. So right. going objectively, I would have to put it at like, like either 3.5 or a 4. Okay. Um, I would say probably more to a 3.5. Okay, so closer because, to that middle middle ground. Yeah, closer to that middle ground, because like you said about the rewatchability, 
this this movie does not really have rewatchability for me. The only rewatchability would be because I saw it by myself, like my wife and kids haven't seen it yet, so I would rewatch it with them. But I, it's not it's not Black Panther, it's not um, it's not Civil War, it's not Winter Soldier, it's not one that I'm gonna say. You know what? I feel like watching a, a superhero movie. I'm gonna press play on this. It's it's not one of those. Um, I like the comedic end. I think Thor is better when he's got a, a good amount of comedy uh, into it. Dark World was too serious, and that was part of its part of its fault. Um, mm-hmm. Where Ragnarok, you know, Thor one, Ragnarok, and Love and Thunder were definitely more comedic. Uh, a little, a little over comedic, in my opinion, in this last one could be too comedic. Yeah, too comedic. Yeah, a, a bit too comedic. Um, but. It was, it was, but it was, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. All right. So here, listeners, is the official spoiler warning. So from this point on, we are going to talk spoilers. So if you have not seen Love and Thunder, press pause here, go to Disney Plus, watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest of what myself and Dustin have to say about Thor, Love, and Thunder. So let's if you keep go. listening, you have been warned. All right. So <laughs> that's a good spoiler warning, man. Thank you. So, um, beginning of the movie, I was not surprised, but pleasantly surprised to see the guardians. I was not expecting them to be in this film. Um, and to be pretty much within the first five minutes, pretty consistently. Um, I thought it was interesting just to talk about what Thor was being, had been going through over, you know, the, the, the time frame um, of his adventures with, uh, the Guardians, and it actually wants me, left me wanting more of that. I want to see right. more of what those Thor and the Guardians adventures look like, because I'm afraid we're not going to get it in the last Guardians movie. So, oh yeah, you're right. Probably not. So, so my thing is, they went off together. They had a bunch of great adventures that were probably better than this movie <laughs> off screen that we didn't see. <laughs> yeah, we don't get to see, and, like. I, now, if they make an animated version or something like that, where they do some voiceover and I get to see some of those adventures, that would be really cool. But I, I'm afraid those adventures we didn't see are actually better than this adventure. Yeah, the, I mean the the what if uh, there's there's space for definite like what if episodes as well. Um, you know, not to mention they they came back ten years ten years later and did a Black Widow film that preceded uh, Civil War, so. Sure. I mean, who, who, who's to say what they're going to do, but yeah, I would have liked to see more of it as well. And one thing I heard, I don't know if you listen to, um, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin on fat man beyond it all. Uh, anyway, they had, they, I think it was them. Maybe it was them. Maybe it was some other guys on the internet. I don't know. They were talking about how, like you keep ratcheting things up and you ratchet a thing up in Thor Ragnarok and it's pretty funny and you gotta, you gotta kind of dial it up again in Thor love and thunder. And so when you're at a point where you are having the the lovable, affable Chris Pratt's uh, Peter Quill as the straight man for your comedic Thor, like you can't go much further than that. And so um, I think I think in that way, you know, maybe they've maybe they've gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a possibility. Um, It was. It was, but it was it was entertaining though. They, they I liked did, it too. They I liked did a good it good job, and it, it was entertaining. Like I said, it made me left me wanting more. Um, 
after that, you know, Thor and Korg going off, you know, on their own, um, going back to Asgard, um, which it, it was okay. Um, Jane, I like that they included more Korg in this one. Yes. Um, and Korg, I, and I think Korg's they, always good. Korg, yeah, Korg's always entertaining. Um, and then, you know, Jane and her, you know, her, her cancer situation. Um, if, I don't know if it's just me, but I think for, I think it was, it felt, it felt just really rushed, like pushed in. It did. Um, it did. And even though I expected it because I've, I've read the books, I know what happens um, for a person who doesn't know the story. It's going to really feel like, wow, how did we, how did we get here? Where did this come from? Yeah. Where, where did this, all this come from? And partially, you know, obviously that's on Disney's fault and, and Portman as far as not being able to, you know, right. bring, as far as bringing, you know, bringing Jane back and Jane probably should have been around for Ragnarok and they could have led more into, um, you know, her health deteriorating and things of that nature or something to lead to her health deteriorating uh, to, to well, gain the cancer. In, in my, in my head canon, um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I will, I will make so many excuses for Marvel, even when they probably shouldn't be excused for some of the things that they do. Cause just cause right. I'm just, I, you know, I'm a fan. I like, I like the stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so in, in my head, it's like when she wasn't there, in age of Ultron, you know, uh, hanging out when, when Tony and, and Thor were having kind of the pissing match about their girlfriends or whatever, right? like in my head, that's why is cause she was dealing with some shit, you know, she was kind of figuring out what was going on with her health. And so I, whether that's a good thing or bad thing that I, that I make these excuses for this multi-million no, but, dollar it, corporation, it, it, but it ties things together, you know, and honestly, look, that's what we fans do. Yeah. You know, right, fans, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fans, we try to fix things, holes that we see, and yeah, we make a little excuse here. <laughs> it, it happens. It's Just a little, little slight stretching is all. That's not it's not exactly. a not a big deal. No. Um, but I, I did like that they that they did it. Yeah, it did feel a little bit rushed. It would have been nice if there were some mentions about you know she's got some doctor stuff going on or she's having some health issues, just like off to the side in one of the other movies. But you know, like you said contract negotiations and things like that at the time were unknown. So now I, yeah. I will give Marvel this. They did a great job on the visual fake out um, in that scene where she's getting her cancer treatment and talking to the kid. I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed that the way they okay. framed the shot, they made it look like she's sitting, sitting next to this kid on an airplane and he's reading her book. And then as oh, the shot, I didn't even as, notice. Yeah, then as the shot changes, you realize that they're in the hospital. And oh, she's getting, getting chemo. Yeah. yeah, then she's getting her chemo, and then Darcy shows up and you know and talks to her. But at first, it looks like they're on an airplane, and that she's just sitting next to an airplane, and he's happy to read her book. So that okay. I was like, okay, I was like, all right, Marvel, that that was well done. Like you did a great job faking out, you know, and you know, surprising people that. You right. Know, you think, oh, she's just on a plane and she's going somewhere, but then it's like, oh, whoa, no, she's not. She's getting <sighs> she's treatment and she's got hey. stage four, and you know, it's not good. So sorry about these dogs. No, they're just <laughs> no, trust me. I I've had guests. You know, kids have been in the background. It, dogs is no problem. 
Okay, okay, okay. It's all good. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed that that's the route they went, you know, and I know it's a, a precedent set by the comics and everything, but it was still cool to see uh, someone else, you know, become Thor. Uh, and it was cool to see everyone get riled up and pissed off about it, too. Well, see, like, here, but, here, but, here's, but here's the problem I have. We didn't get to see her become Thor. True. That And that really, that I was like, hold up. Because when you know she goes, she gets to Asgard, and we see her standing by the bits of Molnir, and we see it moving, and we see it being drawn to her, and then we cut away, and we go back to oh, Thor. We don't get to see the transformation, is what you right. mean? We exactly. Don't get to we see don't get the... to see the. We don't gotcha. get to see the transformation, and I think we were robbed of that. Like I wanted to see, you know, I you know, because one, I didn't know what you know if Molnir was going to. Like how it was going to work because Mjolnir is, is, is shattered. So right. when I see the pieces moving. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool. It's drawn to her. And then we go to another scene and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to come back to her and we're going to see Jane try to open this thing or, you know, beg Valkyrie to, to let her get, you know, get into it and explain like, Hey, I'm sick. Um, I feel, I feel Mjolnir calling to me. Like, can you help me? Um, or, or her trying to circumvent, you know, obviously Valkyrie says no. She tries to get around it, and you know somehow she gets maybe her fight hand the guards, right? Or or but somehow she she gets her hand, or she goes to like the um. Now I, now and then this is me just you know making you know fixing things. I would, I think, <laughs> but no, I I think it would have been cool to see that portion because I I think she would have done something like hey she would have gone to like the Matt Damon and the Lesser Hemsworth actors and been like why don't you suggest that you use Mjolnir in your next performance? And I'll be, and since I'm Jane, I'll play Jane. And, and they're like, Oh yeah, that's a great idea. And then they get it. And then that's how she gets her hands on Mjolnir. And then it comes and then it fixes itself. And then, you know, it, it, you know, she, she becomes Thor. And then we, uh, you know, during mid play, she becomes Thor and everyone's like, and they think it's part of the performance, but it's, but it's not. You know, it's her becoming right. Thor right in front of their eyes and whatever. But what we got was Thor showing up in the middle of a fight. And then we see Mjolnir getting thrown around. And then, you know, she catches the hand. She catches it. And he's like, who are you? Like, that's not the reveal I wanted. So these are these are all very valid criticisms that you have of the reveal of, of the mighty Thor. Um, but how cool was it that 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 Mjolnir split apart and was like buckshot uh, that through was cool. the, that was so cool. I was like, I hand over my, Oh my God. And just, Oh, that was very cool. Stop it. Taika Waititi. That's too good. That I was not expecting that. Yeah. That was really pretty sweet. Yeah. To make that an added feature of, of Mjolnir's ability and attacks. Like that was really cool. But again, that's just that. me apologizing for Marvel. I'm like, hey, hey, be easy on Marvel, Matt. Come on, why don't you just take it? Why don't you just take it a little easy on them, please? No, I criticize them because I love them so much. That's it's true. Just, that's true. That's, that's true, true as I well. Because I love it so much. It's, but no, it was that part was really fun. But like, I just wish the reveal could have been better, um, a little more bombastic. Yes, and honestly, if you gave me the reveal. That review as a post credit scene or a mid credit scene, I would it would have been better. I just want I just wanted to see it. I want to see Jane actually receiving that power. 
And I think that as far as for the, the, the female representation, I think that's important to see yeah. the woman receiving the power. Right, right. Not just it happening off screen. So. Sure. The, and, and you know, here in at the end of the at the one of the post credit scenes when she goes to to meet uh, Heimdall in, you know, Valhalla Valhalla, after after she's died. um, We find out that there's a very, very real afterlife in the MCU. And so whether that's, you know, whatever faith you're subscribing to or whatever it is, um, she's somewhere in the MCU. So we still may get a more maybe meaningful uh, Thor transformation from her at some point. I don't know. Depending on no, if the money the money flows, it's or the money's whatnot. right. And, it's, right, and that's yeah. the thing. And that's the thing. Um, you know about Marvel and you know dipping into you know uh, She Hulk a little bit more. Um, you know, in uh, in one of the She Hulk comics, they um, you know they talk about how many times like people dying and coming back all the time. They're like, yeah, like She Hulk's like, yeah, I, and like I'm like one of uh, and Pug, who's you know on her legal team in the comic, he's like, um, and they're like, hey, Jennifer Walters has has died and come back, and Pug is like, really? She's like, yeah, twice. Like, it's like, like it, it's it's no big deal. And then and 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 in this law case, it, she you know she's like, you know, all everyone here remembers when Thanos snapped and killed half of the universe. She's like, who in this room died and came back? And, and like half, you know, every half of everybody raises their hand. It's like this. This is a normal thing. People die, they come back. It's no big deal. You know, she has Sting on the stand talking about all the times he's died. <laughs> like, like, like it's having breakfast. Like it is no big deal. So, even though the MCU has not been big on bringing anybody back except for Loki from death, um, everyone knows it's a Marvel thing. Everyone knows it's superhero worlds. No one stays dead forever. And do you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and, and you're just like, so the possibility of Jane coming back, Heimdall coming back, anybody that's died, including Iron Man, obviously, I, I don't think um, Robert Dine Jr. is going to come back, but I believe Iron Man as a character eventually, you know, Tony Stark will come back in some way. No one's going to be gone for good because no one stays dead <laughs> in, in comics. Right. It's, it's how it is. You can't stay so- dead and keep telling these stories around these characters. So do you think that that I mean, obviously, you and I are there as as a as fans of the the medium of the source material in general um, of the the movies. But do you think that like general audiences are there where they they can accept and suspend their disbelief for long enough to go, okay, this character's dead, but there is an opportunity that they come back. Like, do you think as a society, 10, 12 10, 12, 14 years of these movies are, are regular people that are going to see these things. Are they ready for that kind of uh, suspension of disbelief? That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to say no. And I think that's, and I think that's why so many characters have died and stayed dead because the average viewer of MCU films are not comic fans. The average viewer are, people who are riding this bandwagon for lack of a better term, riding this wave of superhero movies that have become a uh, popular culture and where, you know, 20, I mean, let me go back to 89. Batman was a huge film, but it was still a geek film. It was still a nerd film. It, it you know, it wasn't a everybody movie. 
Uh, right. You know, it, it was for a particular audience. Mm-hmm. The only superhero movie that was really an everybody movie was the Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Um, right. And they were significantly cheesier and significantly less on source material for that reason, because they were made more for everybody's consumption than they were to any of really the source material. They changed right. so much. So, you know, these, these, these movies, these comic book movies in general have been made for comic book audiences. Uh, but now that you have comic book movies becoming more of main popular culture, now you have all these people who didn't read comics and didn't watch, you know, the Spider-Man, you know, Fox Kids show or the Batman the Animated Series or the X-Men, you know, Fox series. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't grow up watching that stuff. All they know is uh, a little bit here and there from other right. popular culture, and they're watching this thing. And to them, uh, action adventure movies, which is essentially what these are for them, people die and stay dead. They're not right. used to people dying, and then next week, oh look, they're back for because someone snapped their fingers or some gem brought this back, or you know, um, they went back in time and brought them back. <laughs> like they just they're that's exactly not what, they're that's not what they're used to. And outside of, um some select sci-fi you know honestly the only honestly the only i think the biggest franchise that killed somebody off and brought them back like that would have been star trek with um with spock's death and and bringing him back but other than that you don't have big characters dying and coming back i can't think of you know i can't think I of can't any think of it not in popular media not in anyway, popular no. culture yeah and even though star trek is a big franchise it's still a it's still a nerd thing it's still not, right. you know, primary popular culture, but that, but even that was huge for, you know, 83 to, to 85 with Wrath of Khan, 82 to 84 with Wrath of Khan in the return, in the search for Spock. Like that was, that was huge. So yeah, I think just mo- most people just can't, aren't, they can't deal with that because it's just not something they're used to. They can't imagine um, James Bond dying. And, and just coming back, which is going to be a big thing since they did kill him in this last one. Um, right. Which I thought I was surprised. I'm like, wow, they actually, they actually killed bond. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they, they, they killed him. <laughs> okay. But generally he you doesn't know, die because you know, how can you bring this guy back? Well, well, they're going to do it. Matt, I think, I think uh, there's been so many parts of this conversation that I just wanted to break off and have had like separate conversations about like, the death of a monoculture and you know what whether the james bond cinematic universe is going to to stop or restart or start in a different way or yeah, whatever that is, ex- that is exactly what this show does which i'm glad we, you're loving you, because, you, because yeah we go, you're, we, we go everywhere <laughs> it's i i feel so bad because i'm like i know he he wanted to talk about thor love and thunder but he's making my brain whir. So I just got to, it's got to come out here when it goes on up here. You no, know that, what I mean? That's exactly what we want on this show. <laughs> that's what makes these conversations good, great. Good, good, good. Because it keeps, it keeps us wanting to keep talking about these different things. So, um, so no, you know, table those because we will definitely revisit them. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah. So like it's, 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 I think that just because you really don't see that in other franchises or other forms of media, when somebody's dead, they're dead. When the show is dead, it's pretty much dead. Um, Firefly fans have been begging for Firefly to come back and and some. Ah, forget them. Oh, forget those Firefly. 
Hey man, I'm a huge Firefly fan. Don't don't diss my Firefly. <laughs> I um, knew you were. I knew you were because <laughs> the crossover between Firefly and Doctor Who is like a straight line, man. I know. I oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I feel it, that it, in my soul. I have really I have is. friends that are into it. No, um, I, I, just because I'm a sci-fi nerd, but yeah, that that that's a great question. That's why I think it's just that people are not accustomed to seeing that in popular culture, so they it will be hard for them to to grasp through storytelling because they're not used to that type of storytelling. Comic book fans are used to that type of storytelling where most people who consume television and movies are not accustomed to characters being killed off and brought back, killed off and brought back and right. through all the same stories. Um, to, to jump us back onto Thor love and thunder. Uh, one of the, one of the, my biggest uh, excitements about the MCU, one of the, the reasons I love it the most is because it's so interconnected. Yes. Uh, what do you think? Uh, after Thor Love and Thunder is over, what do you think the the big pillars of universe expansion were that came from that movie? What do you think uh, the big jumping off points, the, the, the threads left hanging, the new characters or concepts that were introduced a la, you know, Eternals, there's now a giant hand sticking out of the, the sea with the celestial or whatever. Like right. what big concepts were introduced in Thor Love and Thunder that you think could carry over into the, the MCU at large? One thing that is really big to me is that um, is the existence of all the other gods. And yes, yes. Because, again, comic book fans know that in the Marvel Universe, everybody's religion is real. So, you know, I, I, I did not think they were going to show that. I did not expect. It's a bold like, move. That was, that was, yeah, that was a turn I did not expect. Them mentioning, um, you know, uh, Quad is it called, and you know, you just this listing off, you know, Zeus and all these other, um, all these other gods, and um, then going to see them, and then seeing, you know, and, and seeing Zeus, and I, I've never been like a big Russell Crowe fan, but him and Zeus was absolutely hilarious. Um, oh my gosh, that, that was so that funny was, when he was, held his little skirt and came down the stairs. That was too good. That was hilarious, and the, everything you know was the thunderbolt, and you know, the, and that was just top notch comedy. <laughs> Just ready for the orgy. <laughs> it's like, no, you were not invited to the orgy. Like, <laughs> and 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 the thing is, like, you know, the parent in me would be like, really? But then I'm, um, but but then the the comic nerd and also the the Greek mythology knowledge I have is like, yeah, okay, Zeus would be having the orgy, duh. Like, this is exactly within Zeus's, right. This is this is Zeus, and I'm thinking now because my kids are a little older, they're they're in middle school, they're preteens and teens. Like they've gone to school, they've learned Greek mythology. They know about Zeus and his origins. Like this is not going to be anything shocking to them. Should they Their watch classmates the have talked talked to them about what orgies are. Exactly. Like, they, this yeah. is something they've heard in the hallways at school. This is not going to shock them. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So like, like this this everything that happened there was completely on brand. It was. Um, it was so to good. Even, to even to even making you know to to giving us you know uh, you know naked view of of Hemsworth from you know from behind you know like it was it was completely on brand for that dude just makes me feel inadequate as a man good lord he you, is you know, what, you know what's funny he's ripped um, out of his mind he he is Hemsworth is jacked um but you know who I feel bad for I feel bad for his older brother who I call lesser Hemsworth is that Liam no Liam's his younger brother Do he's got another him? brother I was about to say, did you ask if you knew? You didn't know. No. Okay. So they have an older brother 
So, and I, this is why I feel bad for him. One, he's not ugly, but he doesn't look as good as they do. <laughs> he's not Hemsworth handsome, though. Right. So, um, he is. Um, so he plays the actor that plays Thor in those Asgardian plays. What? Yes, that's him. That's their older brother. He's also in Westworld. He plays. Okay, um, I haven't even started Westworld yet. Okay. So, 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 just so chill, Lesser, chill on that. Lesser, yeah. Lesser Helmsworth is in Westworld. Um, I gotta watch it though. I, I think I'd really like that one. I've been. It's on my list. I know? just finished season four. I liked the first two. The first two seasons, three and four, went off the rails for me. But um, mm. he's in that show, and he he does a good job in that show. Um, but he so he doesn't look. He's not as handsome as they are. Chris Helmsworth is like six two, six three. Liam is like six one, six two. Lesser Helmsworth is five nine. <laughs> it's like you like your your younger brothers are better looking than you, taller than you, got more muscles than you, and they're significant and, and they just and, and you're five freaking nine. <laughs> they're 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 by and far leagues more famous than you are. Right. Everybody that... knows who they are. They've been in big time films and <sighs> And, and no one knows who you are. <laughs> poor, poor big brother Hemsworth. I'll tell you. I, I feel like it's like I feel so bad for this guy. Like, <laughs> don't don't feel bad for I him. He's, he's, you know, yeah, but he's, if I had to he's compare, fine. but when when you compare yourself to Chris Hemsworth, I would feel bad for him the most in doing that comparison because he is of that lineage. He's like, yeah, he should have more. Of that. <laughs> We're you have that stock related. in your suit, man. Exactly. You just, you just it's like, didn't mix it or some shit. Exactly. It's like everything skipped over him and his parents like, hold on, we, we mixed it better this time. <laughs> first time, first time failed. Second time's a charm. Third time's a charm. First time, yeah, we, we messed up on that one. <laughs> it's like dang. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, like, a lot of people just don't know, don't know he exists. <laughs> I didn't know he existed. Yeah, because you Poor know guy. He's, Exactly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the the Thor naked scene was completely on brand. Um, Korg, you know them, you know Korg and Valkyrie and Tessa Thompson. I love Tessa Thompson. She's uh, she's fantastic, um, and she's also in Westworld, by the way. So if you like Tessa Thompson, definitely okay. watch Westworld. Okay. Uh, I gotta I, say, I, I like there was just drunk through- Valkyrie more. From Thor Ragnarok, Drunk Valkyrie. Drunk Valkyrie, yeah. I liked her a little bit more than King Valkyrie, uh, just because, I don't know, drunk people are funny. It's a, <laughs> a, a standard classic trope, I guess. It is, it is. Uh, it would have been funny to see, uh, you know, um, the dude version of Thor and Drunk Valkyrie inter- interacting. That would have been some, some other Oh, from What If? Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, we'll, but um, you know, Endgame version of Thor, Fat Thor. You know the. the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was um, he was fat to press Thor though. I don't know if he'd be fun or if he just like cry. No, but but you know? but you know that I mean you know that was from um, he was supposed to be like the dude from Big the Lebowski. Big, Big Lebowski, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that Big Lebowski version of Thor <laughs> would have been great with drunk Valkyrie. Like that would have been. That's that's probably true. Yeah. That would have been really funny to have just as a short. There's a five minute short between the dude version of Thor and Drunk Valkyrie. Um, oh, and what's his name? The the dude from the Thor shorts, um, his roommate, Daryl. Did you ever watch the Thor shorts? There's like no. Thor has a Thor has a roommate in an apartment, and his name's like Daryl or Darren or something. 
and he's just really annoyed because Thor doesn't know Earth customs and know how to pay bills or wash dishes or whatever. He needs to go get a job, but instead he's just, you know, leaving his hammer on the toilet and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, he got a job as a tour guide in New Asgard in Thor Love and Thunder. So it's oh, okay. it pretty pretty cool little Easter egg no, there. I, I'll have to check that out. That's, that's pretty, that's entertaining. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, and, and to, to wrap up, cause you're, we're getting low on time for you. What did you think of Christian Bale as Gore? I, I loved it with a, a asterisk. I, I liked his characterization of Gore. I liked, um, how he was kind of evil, kind of funny. Um, the, the part I was excited about the most is, and I, I haven't read the comics with Gore. I don't know anything about uh, the the king above all or whatever the, the symbiote thing is. Mm-hmm. But I, I had read and I had heard that his sword, the necro sword that he uses, has a tie to the symbiote hive mind in some way or shape or form in the comics. Right. And so I was excited that here that they're finally doing it. They're finally tying Venom into all this, you know. I know it's, it's separate companies. It's a lot of legal issues. Tonally, they're very different. Yeah. But now that there's there's symbiote in the MCU that Hardy left behind, right? Like, is this? Are we going to finally get you know that aspect of the MCU in the MCU? And we didn't. It was just a sword. It's the magic sword, and right, yeah. It it was fine, but it could have been so much more. Could have been more. And and there again retroactively they can retcon it later and be like, well, actually that sword, you know, was part of the hive mind that this guy that's, you know, messing up New York right now back on that planet. And, and they could tie it all together. Um, but I did like Christian Bale's portrayal. I liked his motivations. I liked it when he killed that first God in the desert after his daughter had just died. And it seemed very, it felt real. Yeah. It, it, it felt like his motivations were very, very good. And, I like that his character was redeemed at the end and you and I, we can talk about it at some other time, Matt, cause I'd like to have more conversations with you about this stuff, but that's one of the biggest problems I have with the MCU is that bad guys are killed or redeemed. They're never, they never, never run off, shake their fist and say, you'll rue the day when you hear from me again. And they leave. So right. it's, it's always a one, one shot and done with a bad guy. And, Maybe with Doctor Doom, hopefully with Doctor Doom, we see more of that. Well, the only I'll the only, see you again. The only one we didn't get, and that's because they, you know, they made it look like he died, was Killmonger, um, which to me, I can't I can't say he's dead for sure. One because everybody comes back, and two, all T'Challa needed to do was take a Kamoyo bead and put it in that hole and seal it up and take him inside and get him fixed you up. Know? So, yeah, it it could be. We just saw him slump over. He didn't yeah, take a didn't pulse. Yeah, we, we didn't yeah, see we, the flat line. Nothing. Exactly. He he could definitely still be alive. And after what they did for Ross, getting shot in the spine, bro, telling me he can't <laughs> survive. Especially since he had the heart shaped herb, he still had the power from the heart shaped herb. It's only like correct. He, it's only like he wasn't depowered. No, so his suit, suit just on. came apart, got stabbed, and yeah, then yeah. So he's got the suit he's on, still, still the Black Panther. But yeah, but he still has the power of the they, Black Panther. So you can't tell me he's dead from that. They like, could I, bring I, him back. You could definitely bring him back. Um, but to to focus on Bale, I thought him as Gore fit what they <laughs> what they uh, 
portrayed him as. And as a father mm-hmm. of, of four girls, I definitely was feeling him as far as like you felt that I felt it. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Christian Bale fan, but it was a hundred percent believable. Like if that happened to me, I'd have gone Gore's path too. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I may not have gone, Oh, the, the sword corrupted him, but I definitely would have been like, Oh, you're going to die for this. I've been praying at to least you. At, fir- at least that first guy for oh, sure. Yeah, the first guy for sure. I've been praying yeah. to you. I've been loyal to you. All I asked was you to help, you know, save my daughter. You could have taken me. I just saved my kid, and you couldn't right. be bothered to do that, bruh. We, yeah, that he he definitely got it. Uh, <laughs> like it was you. Like I was cheering for him. I was like, "Go ahead, Gore. You slice him up." Okay? <laughs> I, I did like that they redeemed him. Um, I also really enjoyed the. I can't remember what it was called at the end when you know they were all seeking. Eternity? Is that what it was? Yes, Eternity. Yes. Eternity. Uh Eternity and then the little girl. Great, by the way. As a comic I, it book fan. So cool. It looked great. And the and the it's design, like that 2D, 3D. Well, that's like how he's was, drawn in the books. So that's why that's so cool. And because in the he's really featured in the Infinity uh Gauntlet. Um and eventually Thanos becomes Eternity, but like that's exactly the shape and everything. Like they didn't change Eternity at all, and it was perfect. I loved mm. that. So cool. And that's another aspect that I'm excited that they've, again, introduced into the toy box of the MCU. And now they have that character and they have that mythos that they can that they can play with in all the other ones. Absolutely. And I'll leave. So I'll, I'll close with with a question for you on this. And okay. obviously, because you don't have a lot of time. Gore got his wish because he got to eternity. Does Thor and Jane have a wish pending because they were also there before eternity. I don't think they made it super clear in the, in the movie, whether it was like a one wish, this is the only person, only one person who gets there gets a wish or if it's like every person that gets there gets a wish. Yeah, they, they, um, they didn't make it clear. So to me, like the, is there the a little the, wish the monster. The, <laughs> yeah. The way, the way that the way that it sounded was you, you get before attorney, you get a wish, not only one person in your group or one person you know, gets the wish. It's you get there, you get a wish. He got there. Hmm. She got there. You know? Yeah. I'd have been like, I don't... Eternity, um, make her live forever, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, dude, Matt, you, you, you just predicted a moment that's coming in the MCU. You just, you, you, you called it right here on this episode. You, you have told your audience that at some point, maybe it's 10 years down the road, whatever, but at some point there's going to be an adventure and that little girl who's now eternity is going to be hanging out with people and something really bad's going to happen. And some character is just nonchalantly going to, oh, I wish we could have done this this way or something. Boom. It'll happen. Cause she's there and or, either they or, realize it or, or they or, don't. Or, or what will happen is she will say to Thor, Daddy, why don't you, or Uncle Thor, why don't you wish for something, wish for this? And he'll say it, and then all of a sudden it happens because he had that wish pending. She's going to be a major plot point later in the MCU. Yeah, you've got to be. You, you got me thinking. You, yeah, you can't introduce her and not have her be important in the future. Yeah, some cosmic deity, and then all of a sudden she's just a little girl sidekick. No, she's shooting lasers out of her eyes. She's going to be important. This is going to be great. I, you've made me very excited for these next phases. <laughs> me too. 
Well, um, that everyone is going to conclude this episode of the original Jink podcast that we came to create to bless your earballs. Again, I am your host, the original Jink, Rocky Mr. Magic. And I want to thank again my guest, Dustin Poindexter, for joining me in this wonderful conversation we had. Uh, and we cannot do this show alone, not without you, Jinx, who continue to support us. So please continue to rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. And if you can't find us, let us know at jignation at gmail.com or message us directly on Facebook at jignation. And until next time, peace. I make an entrance so backwards. Cut. Come on, cut for me. Oh, yeah. Whoa, slow down. Uh, uh, Whoa, speed up. This is DJ What, and you're listening to the original Jeek. Podcast.